From the time I was a boy until now, the Old Testament King David has always held a special fascination for me. And consequently, for these last couple of months, I have immensely enjoyed dealing with the life of King David from this pulpit. A special joy for me has been the fact that my wife, Tricia, at the same time, has been leading our women in a Bible study of King David. And while we have not moved step for step together, we have worked in parallel form, and it has been an enriching experience for me. Today, I wish to conclude our look at great King David and to do it from a perspective which is a bit more personal, uh, maybe intensely personal. Pray with me, please. Lord, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Amen. Great King David never managed to fulfill his life's greatest dream. He never managed to build the temple at the holy city of Jerusalem. However, I do think it is worth noting that King David did build another temple, a temple of words. It was really just a song, just a few verses long. But oh, how many people have been blessed by that pen and ink cathedral. You see, David was not only a warrior and a king, he was also a poet and a musician. He wrote many, many songs, songs which have endured through the ages. But I think I can safely say that the great songwriter's greatest song is the song that we know today as the 23rd Psalm. Understand, please, the words of that song came straight from David's heart because the words literally rose up out of the experience of David's own life. You see, there have been times in King David's life when his body and his soul had cried out in thirst and God had slaked that thirst by leading him to still waters. There had been times in his life when he had wandered away from the will of God, but God inevitably, inexorably had managed to set his feet back on the paths of righteousness. There had been times in his life when he had encountered fierce enemies, but God had always provided him with friends for support and a table for strengthening. His life almost from beginning to end was fraught with danger and hazard. And yet God's rod and God's staff had surrounded him with an unfailing protection. And yet I have to tell you that for all of the incredible lines in the great songwriter's greatest song, the line which for me at least is the most powerful of them all is the line where King David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Understand, please, that that line arose out of David's own experience as well. In fact, if you study the life of King David, you discover that on at least four occasions, David had to encounter the reality of death up close and personal. There was the death of his king, Saul. There was the death of his best friend, Jonathan. There was the death of his wayward son, Absalom. And then there was the tragic death of his baby boy. That story is told for us in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Now when you read the story, you discover uh, that when King David learned that this child he so loved had been stricken ill, he was plunged into a state of despair and depression. He was in an agony. And then as you read on in the story, and the word comes to David that this child he loved has died, suddenly everything changes. It's actually rather shocking in some respects. For we are told that suddenly King David got up, he went to the house of the Lord to pray, and then he returned to his own home for food and strengthening. Now at that point, the people around him said to him, How is it that when your child was sick, you were in an agony of despair, but now that the child has died, you are living on? How is it? And King David responded to them. I want you to listen to this very carefully. King David responded to them by saying, I cannot bring my son back again. I will go to be with him, but he will not return to me. I believe it was that experience and that truth which led King David years later to sit down and write his greatest song. You see, King David had come to understand that his child had died. His child had gone on. He could not bring his child back again. But he had come to understand that all of God's children all of God's children, those who love God and who are loved by God, all of God's children ultimately dwell with God in the house of the Lord forever. And therefore, King David could believe that while he could not bring his son back to him, the day would come when he would go to be with his son and the two of them would dwell together forever in the house of the Lord. And it is that great truth which allowed King David then to sing these magnificent words, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou, O God my God, Thou art with me. That was the experience of King David. And King David's experience has been confirmed in my own experience. You see, like King David, 
and like some people in this congregation, my family and I have walked the darkest part of the valley of the shadow of death. Like King David, and like some people in this congregation, my family and I know what it is to lose a child to death. Like King David, and like some in this congregation, my family and I know what it is in the midst of the valley of the shadow to encounter the reality of a powerful and personal God. Like King David, and like some people in this congregation, my family and I know that ultimately all of us will be together again in the house of the Lord, in the kingdom of heaven. I suppose maybe that's why now I always read 2 Samuel 12 and Psalm 23 together. Always now. I read them together. Permit me please to try to explain to you why that is true. In 2 Samuel 12, we learn that the first thing King David did after the death of his son was to go to church. Now, you know, in my years in the ministry, I have provided ministry to many people who have experienced bereavement. And so many times I have had those people say to me that afterwards the hardest thing they had to do was to go back to church. And in fact, I would tell you there have been some people along that way who have never been able to go back to church. I cannot tell you how incredibly sad that is for me. Because you see, the very first thing that King David did after the death of his son was to go to the church. He went to the house of the Lord there to pray and to praise the name of God. Oh, that's an important lesson for us to learn. Because you see, dear friends, when you experience the sting of death in your life, the very best thing to do is to go to church where the songs will melt us, where the prayers will lift us, where the people of God will embrace us, and where the hand of God will touch us, because in the touch of the hand of God, there is both healing and hope. That was the experience of King David. And King David's experience has been confirmed in my own experience. Our son John David, 22 years of age, was killed on December the 21st, 1994. Might as well have been yesterday. We had his memorial service on the 23rd of December. The next day, December the 24th, Christmas Eve. I was scheduled to preach at the five Christmas Eve services at the First Presbyterian Church of Orlando. I knew it would be the hardest thing that I would ever have to do. 
You see, John David loved Christmas best of all. He was always the first one in our family to catch the Christmas spirit. He loved the Christmas Eve candlelight services even better than I. He was always the first one down the stairs on Christmas morning. He always cherished both the giving and the receiving of the biggest surprises on Christmas Day. He loved Christmas best of all. And so on that Christmas Eve, when I found myself in the deep, deep darkness of the valley of the shadow of death, I knew that my only hope was the love of God. And I began to realize that the purest expression of that love is when God came down to us in the Christ of Christmas. And so holding fast to that hope, holding desperately to that hope, and remembering that at that moment, John David was having the most phenomenal Christmas he had ever had. I went to church. Every candle brought light to my darkness. Every carol brought music to my heart. And most of all, the preaching of the Word of God, remembering that I could not bring John David back again, but that one day I would go to be with him. Preaching that Word of God made such a difference for me in the valley. <laughs> but you know, that's what the good shepherd Jesus Christ always does in the valley. Oh, the good shepherd is always, always with his sheep, yes. But the good shepherd is especially near when they are in the valley of the shadow of death. In 2 Samuel 12, we learn that the next thing King David did after the death of his son was to receive his friends. It's an amazing thing when you read the story. It becomes quite apparent that his friends were there with him from beginning to end. They were there when he was hurting. They were there when he was crying. They were there when he was praying. They were there when he was renewing and refreshing his body and his soul. They fed him. They cared for him. They ministered to him. And I am convinced that King David drew great strength from his friends. That was the experience of King David. And King David's experience has been confirmed in my own experience. You see, in the valley of the shadow, my family and I learned all over again that sometimes God chooses to communicate His most profound truth and His deepest love 
through sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ. Oh, mind you, friends cannot take away the pain, no. But friends can help give you the strength to bear that pain. At the point in time where my family and I were leveled in devastation, suddenly, sisters and brothers in Christ began to appear just a couple of hours after we received the word, the tragic word. Bonnet and Bill Bright laid aside the mammoth responsibilities of their world-encircling campus crusade for Christ ministry. And they came to our home to hold us tight. They gathered us and others who were there into a prayer circle in our family room. And the two of them prayed, oh, they prayed with a power and a fervency that overwhelmed us with love. I remember that the mayor of the city of Orlando and her husband came to spend time with us, to cry with us, and yes, to pray with us and for us. My great friend, Dr. Jim Henry, interrupted his travels as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, flew to Orlando to stand with us in the valley. There were so many, many others, an unceasing stream of people flowing around us through all of the days and all of the nights. There were even people we didn't know. All of them, I think, somehow framed for me in the face of an auto mechanic covered with the grease of his work who knocked on the door of our home. And when I answered the door, he said, Dr. Eddington, you don't know me. I watch you on TV every week. I don't know anything to say right now. I just want you to know that I care. Oh, my beloved people, let me tell you that when you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, among the most precious, the most priceless blessings are those friends who come to you and who say to you, the Lord is our shepherd and we are his sheep. As we stay close to him, so we stay close to each other. In 2 Samuel 12, we learn that the next thing that King David did after his son's death was to renew and refresh himself and then to go on to do great things for God. It's absolutely amazing when you read the story. He says to his friends, 
I cannot bring my son back again, but one day I will go to be with him. It was that truth that gave to King David's life a forward lean. You see, beginning right then and continuing on for the rest of his life, King David decided that he would make every moment, every decision, every relationship count. He became a man of such vision and such sensitivity and such spiritual power that he wound up being labeled in Scripture a man after God's own heart. You see, it was his faith. It was his faith that allowed him to live toward the future rather than languishing in the past. That was the experience of King David. And King David's experience has been confirmed in my own experience. When King David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, notice please the key word there is the word through. I walk through the valley of the shadow. We do not stop there. We do not pitch camp and stay there. We move through the valley of the shadow. King David knew that he could not bring his child back again, but he knew that one day they would be together again. That's what gave his life a forward lean. And I tell you, that is what has given my family and I a forward lean in our lives. We are still in the valley of the shadow, yes. But we are continuing to move on through the valley of the shadow. The pain we feel at the death of John David is in no way diminished. But at least we are not paralyzed by it. Our lives have a forward lean. We cannot bring him back. We know that. Oh, we cherish every memory of him we hold so dear. And we are grateful for other people who have been willing to share with us their memories of him. And we are grateful that our two magnificent grandsons, John Pennington Sefton and David Hunter Hewitt, between the two of them, carry his name. All of that is wonderful. But it does not ease the pain. And it cannot bring him back. But we know in Jesus Christ that one day we shall go to be with him. And that's what gives a forward lean to our lives. We are determined that every moment, every decision, every relationship will count. Knowing full well that God's goodness and God's mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And that the day will come when we shall dwell with God's Son and with our Son in the house of the Lord 
forever in the kingdom of heaven. So yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou, O God, my God, thou art with me. Those are the thoughts I wanted to share with you today from my journey through the valley of the shadow of death. And my beloved people, I want you to know on the basis of my own experience that in those moments when we are tried to the uttermost, in those moments when the depths of our souls are plumbed, in those moments when we are in the deepest, darkest valley of the shadow, in those moments, the words of an old Jewish king stand alone. Those words are the great songwriter's greatest song. Those words flowed straight out of the heart of King David. And you and I know those words by heart. So I'm going to ask you right now to say those words with me out loud. I'm going to ask you to say those words with me now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Amen.